1: Welcome to the Career Confidant, and thank you for tuning in if you are tuning in live or downloading the podcast. Thank you for doing that as well. We are so happy that so many of you are tuning in and and listening and getting some great tools and resources for your career, and that's why we're here. I am your host, Marie Zemanoff, and the Career Confidant is really here to provide you with the tools and resources and skills that you need to move forward in your own career, to take control of that career direction, as we know that we have to today, and to be able to get where you want to go, whether it's moving up within your company, moving out Finding a job if you happen to be unemployed at the moment, or starting your own business. And so today we're going to talk about those tools and resources that you need. And we're just so delighted to get your comments. Those are coming to me at Marie, M A R I E at astrategicadvantage.com and I'm happy to answer your questions or provide you with resources and information if you want to send me an email. Also happy to speak with you if you want to give me a, a call here live on the show. We are here on the show to answer your questions and we'd be happy to do that. You can give us a call here on the show at any time really at 866 866- 4725790 again 8664725790 so we've been talking a little bit about resumes in the past few weeks because september is a time when people think about making a change the seasons are changing kids are going back to school whatever it is that that seems to bring that on september tends to be a time when i see people looking to make a change or thinking about making a change or maybe just realizing that they need to keep their resume updated. And so I wanna provide those resources for you in this time as you think about making a change. And today we're gonna continue that talk but we're gonna expand it a little bit. Last week we talked specifically about resumes and today we're gonna talk about cover letters, letters for recruiters, thank you letters, and some of the other communications that go along with a job search, right? Whether you are searching for a a job internally or externally, there are going to be these kinds of communications where you've got to figure out how to manage them, right? And there are so many different ways that people are doing all of these things. We're going to talk through the pros and cons of email, attachments, all of the things, the different ways that you might share a cover letter. And then we're also going to talk about first here, if a cover letter is really needed, right? Do you need a, need a cover letter today? So we'll be talking about all of those different career communications here today. So I guess the first thing that people usually ask is, do I need a cover letter? Right, are are people reading them? Do people want them? And you know, I would say that the first way to figure that out is to see what they're asking for. If they're asking for a cover letter, then, you know, you probably should include it. Most of the time, an advertisement won't say that, but a lot of times they will say cover letter, resume, references, right? Especially more formal organizations, universities, bigger companies, but sometimes even like the little nonprofit that I that I work with, their ads always say cover letter, resume, and references. So read, right? That's the first way we can figure out if they want a cover letter. The second thing is to realize that a lot of times that cover letter is like, I consider it a hoop that you're jumping through, right? Research shows that a lot of people don't read it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not important or that you shouldn't send one. This little nonprofit that I was working with to hire a few years ago, and they had gotten maybe 100 or so applications for a position. And they'd weeded it down to about 55 or 60 that were qualified for the position. And I asked them how they got from 100 plus to 60. And they said, oh, we looked through the resumes just to see if people were qualified, if they met the general qualifications that we were looking for. Said, oh, did you read the cover letters? No, not really. That takes a lot of time. Oh. So... They had required a cover letter, as I said in their advertisement, cover letter, resume, and references, but they hadn't read them before they made their first cut. And you'll find that this is fairly typical. They, they're using the resumes in their first cut. They're looking to see if people are qualified, but they're not necessarily reading the cover letter before they make that first cut. Of course, you will have your share of recruiters and hiring managers who read the cover letter first. And if you don't catch their attention, which we'll talk about in a little bit, then you don't make the cut. They don't even look at your resume. So we've got to balance that when we're putting together our package to understand that the resume may be the first thing people see, and so we can't expect that People are going to read our cover letter to see the specific qualifications for the job or whatever that might be. Those things need to be highlighted in the resume. And we can't expect that a a cover letter is going to get us through the door or that, that we shouldn't have one because nobody's reading it. It's this very fine line that we're walking. In general, I tell people to include a cover letter unless they don't ask for one because the majority of hiring managers still say that that cover letter is important even if they might not read it first before they make their first cut so do you need a cover letter i would say yes unless the job posting says that they don't want one or you're sending it through a referral but even then it can't hurt So what is the purpose of this cover letter? And I've alluded to that a little bit, danced around it a little bit. But I've come up with an an analogy that I really like to think about a cover letter and, and its purpose. And let's start by thinking about you're getting a birthday card in the mail. And very few people do that today, but you would still love it, right? So if we're talking about it as a cover letter, you would still love to get that birthday card in the mail. And I want you to imagine that there's a nice formal greeting in the card, right? The one that the Hallmark came up with or whatever the the company is. And then after that, it's just the person's name. So that greeting card in itself is like a cover letter, right? It's nice to get one. It does stand out. When someone just signs their name, it's still nice, right? It still has that feeling. And yet it's kind of impersonal, right? They didn't write you a message. They didn't do anything to connect you to the the card, to them. And so it, it could be better, right? You love the thought. It's nice to get one. But boy, it'd be nice for that person to tell you how they're doing or to say something personal to you about whatever it might be. And even in today's world, you know, that might be someone posting on your wall and just saying happy birthday. Nice, great thought, but it would be nice if, if they shared a little bit more about how they know you if you are on the Facebook in the Facebook world. So the cover letter that, that I want my clients to be putting out and the cover letter that I think will make you stand out is that nice personalized greeting card or a personalized message on Facebook, right, where it really says... I hope you have a great day thinking about you, or I look forward to seeing you soon. doesn't have to be long, right? But it's something that just shows that you were thinking about them. You put a little bit of extra time into it, and you are actually sending it to them, not just to anybody, right? That card with just your name signed could really have been for anybody that's what a cover letter is for. The cover letter is to connect you to that company, to connect you to whatever it is that makes you wanna work there, whatever it is that, that you think connects you to the company, whether that's values or skills. It doesn't have to be fluffy, right? For my engineering and technical listeners, it's just really being clear that you know you'd be a fit there in that letter around whatever makes sense for you to make that connection. So when we're thinking about that connection in a cover letter, that is important in any of these communications that we're going to talk about today. So we're going to start with the kind of more traditional form or formal cover letter, whether that's sending it to a posted position or sending it to a and a networking contact, and then we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting cover letters and how those are different, what needs to be in there, and then we'll talk a little bit about thank you letters and processes for both sending a cover letter and or a thank you letter in the complicated world of technology today. We're, the general idea here to, today is that your cover letter is really why you want that job, right? Why are you a fit for that job? Why that company? And again, avoiding that generic of if you're going to be sending this, could it be sent anywhere? That a lot of times is... A waste of your time because when you're sending in that generic letter it doesn't get to what people are looking for in that letter which is why do you want to work there how are you different what's your fit with the company and how how are you gonna stand out right the cover letter is there to help you stand out so we're going to talk about all of these pieces here tonight and move through how you build a cover letter and what kind of information you put want, want to put in it and all the different types of communications beyond your resume. So we'll be back in just a few minutes and keep talking about cover letters and all the other career communications that go along with applying for positions.
0: That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about cover letters, recruiter letters, thank you letters, all of the other communications that you might want to be updating as you're thinking about change, thinking about making a move here this fall. So talked about cover letters briefly before our break and the, the general idea of the cover letter being a connection between you and the position, between you and the company, that very targeted, personalized letter not a you know a greeting card that just signs your name but an actual personalized message that connects you to the company and in some way tells them why you'd be a good fit for the position or why you'd be a good fit for their company and this can be maybe even more important when you're applying to mission driven organizations whether those be non or for profit that if their mission is really important to them, their values are really important to them, if you're not mentioning those in some way in the, the letter, you, you might have a hard time convincing them that you're a fit, especially if you're applying cold. And this can be done in a lot of different ways, you can find a way to weave their mission, vision, values, language into your document. If it's something that's fairly unique, I would use quotes around it so that it's clear you knew that you were quoting their their mission, vision, values, but getting that in language in there for them so that they see that you know it, one, and that you connect to it so you the language can't just be in there, right? It's got to, in some way, connect for them, connect to the company in some way that they can see how it how it works. And you know, this can be important. I work with clients all the time who are applying to a smaller for profit company here in Northern Colorado. And they have a fairly specific mission, vision, values on their website. You can read it pretty easy. And so I had a client that wanted to put into his cover letter that the mission and vision and values and connect it to him, which is just great, right? That he shared their philosophy to be less wasteful, more efficient, recycle and reuse. Not necessarily, you know, one in a million unique, but that was the language right from their website and his story within the letter connected to that, right? It wasn't a hollow statement, which we can get ourselves in trouble to using, but just that real connection to their mission, vision, values right there in the letter, very short so that you can move into the content of your letter, which really should be why you're a good fit for the position too, right? What are your selling points? And that part in the letter can get a little bit more challenging, but I really think the hardest part in the letter is usually that first paragraph. And today, you really want to get away from, I'm applying for this position, I found in this place because I think I'd be a good fit for your position, right? It's, I want you to connect to the company. I want you to connect to their mission, vision, values. I want you in some way to tell me why you want to work here in that first paragraph briefly, and then probably again at the end. But that first paragraph is going to be the most challenging for you because it really needs to be targeted and personalized for every single letter that you can. And as a professional writer, obviously, that's always my challenge, is finding that connection, helping someone find that connection, and then helping make that new for every letter that you send. And you might be saying, well, that sounds like a lot of time. And I'd say, yes, it is. And go go back to some of the career change, career focus presentations that you've that you find online or that you can listen to here on the career confidant. And that's why having focus is helpful because you can make a good cover letter when you're not totally redoing it every time. And maybe you just focus on this first paragraph and connecting yourself to the company. If you're totally changing your brand and your, your approach, every single cover letter, one, you've got to do that to hit the target, and and two, it's going to take a lot of time if you're making big changes. So thinking about that focus comes in here into the cover letter as well to save yourself some effort and time. And if you're having a hard time figuring out what you want to say about why you want to work somewhere, then it may be something that you need to do some more research, or maybe it's not a good fit. If it feels like a stretch for you, it'll probably feel like a stretch for them. So thinking about that when we're writing our letter can be helpful too. I want you to be I want you to be true to yourself and true to them. And again, it doesn't have to be something big and fluffy. I was working at Workforce Center here locally teaching a class and had a participant in that class that said, I want to work at Home Depot. And I said, Great, you know, why? She said, Oh, I just want a job And I said, Well, okay, but Why Home Depot versus any other retail store, right? You could work at Michael's or Ross or whatever it might be. Why Home Depot? And she said, oh, well, I love tools and home improvement. You know, I'm always working on stuff around the house. Boom, right? There you go. That's the connection. Getting that in some way into her cover letter and even in some way into her resume so that she's connecting with, Those people. She's connecting with that audience. And some people will consider that the first part of the letter, the first intent of the letter is grabbing their attention, right? Getting some kind of opening that really grabs their attention. And knowledge of the position, knowledge of the company is a great way to do that. If you can. And using a name in that first paragraph can help. So if you've worked with someone who's recommending you or if you've got a a contact who works there who's willing for you to put their name in there, something that says, so-and-so recommended I apply for this position or after working with so-and-so on our last project, They thought I'd be a great fit for this position you had coming available. Some way to get that name in there can really be an attention grabber. There are other things that people do to grab attention in terms of maybe a a great quote from a reference or a quote that speaks to your brand. I tend to be a little bit less in love with those just because they can seem really unique to you and really not be, especially if they're a, a, a popular quote um, that you really like, you know, it may be good. It maybe speaks to your brand and it, it may just fall flat. So bounce those off people and see what you think. A quote from a reference can be great, especially if it's nice and strong and short, hard hitting, right? We don't need a four line quote from your reference that probably isn't going to help you very much so thinking about grabbing their attention in that first line you really don't need to put where you found the position anymore that you know they can ask that later if that's important to them or they'll ask it on the on the application if it's important to them use that first paragraph to connect yourself to the company and grab their attention So that's your first paragraph. Phew, we talked for a long time just about that first paragraph because it's so important. It's your first impression, and it will determine whether or not they keep reading. Then we're going to highlight our best stuff that relates to their position. Some people will do this in a column format, right? Here's what you're looking for. Here's what I have. Those are fine. I tend to think it wastes a lot of space telling them what their requirements are when most likely that person has the job description somewhere and or we could do, if we do really well at telling them what we've got that fits those, it should be quite apparent that we're speaking to their qualifications. So that's the mindset that I want. Whether or not you do put their stuff their requirements in the document I don't care but it's that mindset what are they looking for and how can I speak to it with a twist because I don't want the basics I don't want the minimum I don't want a list you're looking for you know you're looking for computer skills I can work with Excel, Word it's just that doesn't do anything for me right I want What have you done? What have you accomplished? And then working those things into that story, just like you do on the resume. So if you've got a great example of a time you create an Excel database to manage 50,000 contacts, whatever it might be, I want that example, not just a list of all of the things that you can use Right in and, and think about what you're leading with too. I see a lot of people who lead with their degree. Well, guess what? That's a check mark, checkbox kind of qualification. It's not outstanding, it's not unique, not differentiating. So I just wouldn't lead with that. Even if it's their top requirement, it's probably not their top requirement. It was just the one that list got listed first for whatever reason. Start with ones where you've really got a differentiating statement to make, accomplishments to share, whatever it might be that really speaks to your value. And then some of the checkbox requirements can be towards the bottom of that section. And this middle section will really be the place where you're quote-unquote selling yourself. Mostly you're just giving examples, evidence, right? This is your evidence if you're in the Court of law, this would be your opportunity to give some kind of evidence. And while you're doing that, you're, you're telling them a little bit about who you are, right? Even the accomplishments you choose to share and all of those pieces build your brand, right? They're, this is what you've decided to highlight, so this is, this is what I'll think about you and as we're choosing those examples we want to think about that and one of the downfalls is that occasionally we might end up restating something on our resume and you know that's not the end of the world but it's really restating those things and um, and rephrasing and a lot of times, kind of summarizing or condensing, to put together accomplished statements, accomplishment statements that are brief and hard hitting, and encompassing of somewhat, in some ways, of a bigger part of our career than one bullet would be on our resume. If we copy and paste a bullet from our resume onto the cover letter, probably not going to have as much of an impact. But we can h- pick some of the highlights summarize them, put them together, make them a bigger, stronger, more global statement, and use that to build our our interest. And that's kind of the second part of our cover letter is really, this is why they should be interested in you, right, this is why they should hire you. And they're gonna ask that question in the interview anyway, right? Why should we hire you? And your cover letter is really your first place where you've got to be thinking about that and answering it on paper in that cover letter because I've done these things that you need somebody to do because I've delivered this value that you need somebody to deliver because I've got this training that that you need someone to have. All of those pieces that are differentiators and or you know bottom line requirements need to be addressed in some way in that cover letter maybe in more detail for some positions and in less detail for others so for an academic cover letter most of the time i will write a, a couple of sentences to a paragraph that address each of the requirements that a university has and and that's expected, a page-and-a-half cover letter is, is expected for those types of positions. For a business mid-manager type of position, engineer, you know, short, quick, to the point, usually the whole letter is is less than 300, 350 words. And so we're really just pulling the highlights in this middle section to create that, that interest. The last thing... That you can either put in that first paragraph or in that last paragraph is to to give me a little bit of your why, right? Why do you do this? Why would you be good at this job? Why 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 are you in the line of work that you're in? And it's going to sound different, no matter. Where you're going, right? For a nonprofit, that that why might be passion. That why might be the cause. That why might be a little bit more personal for that really mission vision dri- driven organization, especially a nonprofit. For you engineers, that that why might be that this is your specialized skill set. The why might be that. You enjoy solving these complex problems. The why might be that you, you know, you're in that industry, whatever it is. That that's that's your quote unquote passion, although you wouldn't use that word. But that's that's where your career is. That that's where you've built your knowledge base. That's where you're a subject matter expert. And finding a way to mix that in to either that first paragraph or the last paragraph so that I, I really get a feel for your why, because your why will be the thing that makes you unique. And if we can really figure out what that is for you, and a lot of times it's just you sitting down and, and thinking about what why do I do this kind of work? Why do I want to stay in high tech? Why do I want to go to work in the nonprofit world? and then building that into the letter in some way. So we are going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes to continue talking about the cover letters and then we're going to dive in here to what's different with the recruiter letter and what that looks like. So we'll be back in just a few minutes.
0: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Ziminoff. And tonight, we are talking about cover letters and that purpose of a cover letter, do you really need one? I say yes, and if you're going to do it, do it right and make it personal, right? Connect with that company. Make cap, Grab their attention by connecting with them in some way, whether that's sharing information you know about the company, connecting to their mission, vision, values, sharing a name if you've got a referral, all of those pieces of really connecting to the company it might take a little bit more research might take a little bit more time and if you're gonna send a cover letter that's what it's for right that's what it's for to really grab their attention to build their interest and knowledge of you as you relate specifically to that position and and then to Show something about your personality for that fit piece, right? How do you fit in their company? And some of that might come from thinking about your why, right? Why do you want to work there? Why do you work in this type of work? All of that language that you can get in there while, of course, being brief and and professional. Although we don't need to be overly professional in a letter, depending on the type of company that you're sending it to. So keep that in mind and then at the end it's really all about asking for the interview in whatever way makes sense for your position so a more salesy approach might make a, a obvious sense for a sales position right i i plan to call you and follow up and then you do some kind of active will do the best and actually they've done research that shows asking or telling them actually in the letter that you'll call at a certain time to follow up and calling at that time can be very successful it would have been too forward of an approach for me but it was very interesting to see the, the research of how well that can work now, if that's uncomfortable for you, you probably won't call a follow-up, so you don't want to put that in your letter. You do want to thank them and then state that you will follow up, if at all possible. If you feel like you don't have the person's contact information and don't have a way to follow up, I would research a little harder before I made the decision that I wasn't going to put that in the letter and therefore wasn't going to follow up that more passive closing to your letter you know i welcome the invitation or i welcome the opportunity to speak with you is really your last option right you want to try to follow up in any way that you can give yourself permission by putting in the letter that you will and take action make that easy for you and easy for the other person obviously you want to have your contact information somewhere on the document i like the header from your resume on the top of your cover letter then you don't necessarily have to repeat it at the bottom of the letter in your clothes but of course you can if you'd like to but it's really that being able to Give yourself permission to follow up at the end. That's what the close is all about. So this cover letter is the one I've been talking about today. is mostly for if you're going to apply to an open position or if you're going to send this cover letter with or without a resume to someone that you know might be hiring, right? Someone that might be a friend or a colleague or someone who said hey there might be an opportunity here you can use this same kind of cover letter if you know anything about what that opportunity might look like of course you know the company so that makes some of these parts easier for you what do you want to do if maybe you're going to send it to a recruiter who works externally right internal recruiter to a company is going to be very similar to what we've just talked about, but let's say you want to send it to a recruiter who works on contract with many different types of companies. How might that look different? Well, some of the information that you'll include will be the same, right? You'll still want to grab their attention in some way, although it might not necessarily be connecting to the company at the beginning of the letter, it might be your why. It might be why you're unique, and might be a connection to the industry. Might be a unique combination of skills that you have, but some way to to kind of catch that attention at the front, and then the part of the letter that sells you is going to need to sell you for a specific type of position that they'd be placing for, and you need to have that focus for it to have any kind of bearing with that recruiter. They need to know exactly what types of positions they'll be placing you in, and that range needs to be fairly small to be effective with a recruiter. Then the other types of information that you'll include that you might not include anywhere else, that really has to be in that letter for that recruiter to take their their time and move forward with you is your salary requirements those salary requirements don't necessarily have to be based on what you've made right here you can state those salary requirements in whatever way makes sense for you they can be based on what you've made right my current compensation is x i'd be looking for compensation in the range of, of x to y x to z and or You might just say, based on my research in the areas that I'm looking, my salary range would be X to X, X to Y, X to Z, whatever it might be. Give them a range, tell them what your compensation is if if it's in the range of where you want to be, and or give them the range of where you want to be. So those salary requirements will be required in that recruiter level for them to understand where you'll be a good fit. The other thing that that recruiter will be looking for is either the industry or types of companies you'd be looking at and the geographic locations. And geographic locations are becoming more important as people typically don't want to move anywhere they they are looking for where do you want to move? Lots of recruiters place nationwide, lots of the companies here in Fort Collins, Colorado use use recruiters in California and Virginia, all over the U.S. So beware of that when you're talking with recruiters as well. But that that recruiter letter is very similar to the cover letter, but it includes those other elements. It's very focused on the type of position they'd be placing you in. It gives them the salary requirements, gives them those geographic requirements. And the language is going to be a little different because you are telling the recruiter, That if they see that you're a good fit for their clients, right, remember that the companies are their clients, not you as the job seeker. And really you're saying, hey, if I can make you look good by putting me in front of one of your clients where I'd be a good fit, that would be a great win-win for both of us, right? That's the type of communications that you want to share with those recruiters. And those recruiter letters, you know, keep them around the same length, 250, 350 characters, and it's it's really all about what are the highlights that they need to know to sell you to that future employer that they might be presenting you to. All right, so we've talked about general cover letters, we've talked about recruiter letters. Now, how do you send these things, right? In the wonderful world of technology, a lot of times people will say, you know, your cover letter should be in the body of an email. And while I agree that you do not want them to have to open a document to catch their interest and their attention, I do like to send a nice hard, not hard copy, but a nice, Word or PDF file that can be printed or forwarded for the sheer fact that most hiring today, if it's done inside of some kind of organization, they're going to create printed materials for people. And if all they've got is your email, it's going to look junky. And so that email cover letter can be shorter, briefer, attention grabber, a few points of interest... And then you've got the nice attached cover letter that matches your resume. They might not use it, and that's fine. But if they are going to print something for their hiring manager or hiring committees to look at, they've got it. They've got the nice one for you to be printed out, matches your resume, looks like you know how to present yourself, right? That's important. And I I was on a hiring committee where people were printed letters that came via email and the fonts are all messy and it's hard to read. It goes on to a a second page, even though on, on the document it wouldn't have And just messy, right? It just was hard to read and, and didn't look as professional. So I'd always be aware of that, especially if you're applying to any kind of organization that you think might be might be printing stuff out, which may be more organizations than, than one would think in today's digital world. So that email cover letter, brief, catchy, and then you've got your your longer one attached. A lot of people will say on the email cover letter you don't want it to have to scroll whatever works and gets your point across. But I would send that attachment word or PDF depending on who you're sending it to. So we'll be back in just a few minutes, and we're going to finish up here by talking a little bit about thank you letters and the purpose of all of these communications in your job search. So we'll be back in just a few minutes.
0: Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick and mortar locations or traditional banker's hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and we are talking about cover letters. And we've talked a little bit about the purpose of a cover letter, really to connect you to the company, to tell them why you want to work there, why that job, and to highlight your best stuff as it relates to their requirements and that mentality that you're going into, that letter creation whether you use, you know, a, a two-column format or not, I it I don't care. It's really just that mentality that you're thinking about am I addressing their key requirements and realizing that those key requirements aren't all just skill qualification, they're also value, right? How do you deliver value and they're also fit? Are you gonna be a good fit? And if we're thinking about those things as we create the letter and addressing those points, we're really going to speak to them, which is the most important piece. We grab their attention by doing something different at the top than I found this position on career Builder. I don't need to know that, right? Tell me right away, do you know somebody there? What do you know about the position? What do you know about the company? And why are you a good fit? Then you get into some of the details, things that are your, your highlights, right? Not necessarily, well, hopefully not verbatim from the resume, but highlighting, summarizing, big picture, how do you meet their qualifications, using specific evidence when we can, because we know that that builds that interest and creates that attention-grabbing document that we really want to have. So if we've got this great cover letter and yay we we get the interview then we have to send an a thank you letter right and this give people some trouble. I prefer short and sweet. Pull out maybe one thing that you connected with that interviewer around and maybe mention that. But I don't want it to become a second sales pitch for you. I really caution you on if you feel like you've got to answer another question via your thank you letter, you can do that. And I'd be careful with that, right? If you're further explaining yourself or trying to bring evidence you didn't bring in the the interview, are you helping yourself or, or are you pointing out that you didn't address that in the interview. So just be aware of that. Think about that when you're doing your thank you note. Short, sweet, to the point. Thank them for their time. They are going to read it if you do that. If you make it too long, they might not, and you might not even get the additional face time you were hoping to get by writing more in that letter. So short, sweet, to the point, thank them, write one to each person that you interviewed with, and communicate in the way that you think makes the most sense. I do think that people like to get handwritten cards, and that can be a nice thing to do, especially if you bring them with you, fill it out in the car, bring it back to the receptionist. There's not a receptionist, that can get awkward. And If you need to send an email because that just seems like it makes the most sense, that's the way you've been communicating with them, they're a techie type of person or company anyways, then you might do that. And there are some techie type of people that still like that handwritten card because they get so many emails. So do what makes sense for you. If you need to get it to them quickly, either bring it with you, fill it out, bring it back into the receptionist, or send that email. That thank you letter is really your touch point of building that relationship, taking the time to do that. And so even if you're sending it via email, I want you to put some thought into that message. Yes, it should be short and sweet and it still should connect with them in some way, right? We're still making it a thoughtful process even when we're sending that short and sweet thank you card. And, It's really rare, and I don't know why, but still today, so many people do not send a thank you note after they interview, so it may seem silly, it may even seem awkward, and you're not sure what to say, even something very short and sweet might help you stand out, probably will, because very few people take the time to do it, or know how to do it or feel comfortable doing it. I don't know what the reason is that people don't do it, but you will stand out if you do that. So in that vein, I really don't care how you do it. Email, send it in the mail, whatever you think makes sense, just do it. Just do that little touch of professionalism, of follow-up, that in some ways closes that loop of why we send a cover letter in the first place. That professionalism, that standout, that personalization, that thank you letter on the other side is a nice little wrap of the bow that you started with with the cover letter. and That's really building that package of you as a professional person who does the, does the work, right, who does the work to get a job. Because if you do the work to get a job, you're going to be more likely to get it because people believe that you'll do the work in the job. And that's why I think the cover letter is still important. They did research in 2008, which is really long time ago now, that showed 89% of, of hiring managers thought a cover letter was important. They haven't done the research again, and maybe it would be lower. But even if it's 75% of hiring managers think a cover letter is important, are you going to take the risk that maybe you're writing to one of the 25% who don't think it's important? I just don't think it'd be worth it. And I know that everybody thinks a thank you note is nice. may not be necessary to some people, but boy is it nice to get that little note That says thank you for your time. And in the interview follow-up session we did a few weeks ago, I talked about, you know, at the end of that interview, to be able to send that thank you note, you've got to get the people's contact information that you're interviewing with and the correct spelling of their name. Because boy, a cover or a thank you letter and even a cover letter isn't going to go over well if you're sending it to the incorrect name, incorrect person. So if you're thinking about job seeking, or you've been applying to some positions, go back and look at your cover letter. Is it speaking directly to the company and or the position? Does it tell them why you want to work there? Does it connect you in some way to that company? That's the purpose of the cover letter. That's what will make you stand out. If you have any questions about cover letters, your job search, career change, I'm always here every week on Mondays. Be happy to answer your questions. And you can always reach me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. Thank you for tuning in to The Career Confidant. And we will have a guest next week. We'll be talking about career change. So I look forward to having you tune in next week he, right here on The Career Confidant.